CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. It's so good to be with you. My name is Gareth Armstrong. If you have just joined us, well, then you missed out on a really, really good conversation with some entrepreneurs who are involved in an incubation program. Uh, it's definitely worth the listen. Go to cliffcentral.com to uh, get the podcast worth the listen. We're going to move swiftly into our next conversation, which is quite interesting. Um, it's, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a profiling piece. Now, we don't usually share this kind of stuff on air, but the reason this profile is so fascinating is, well, uh, this young lady, can I call you a young lady? Is that Please do. Okay. <laughs> this young lady, she was working in a banking environment and then moved over to travel brands, marketing. Uh, that doesn't quite connect for me. Lesejo, uh, just tell us very, very quickly how this happened and then introduce who you are. Sure, not a problem. So um, for me, straight after school, what I did was to study banking finance. Um, I think like most people after matric, we all wanted to be accountants. Um, so I studied um, banking sorry? finance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I studied finance as well, so I understand. Yeah, because I mean, um, all accountants were supposed to make money. So I went into banking finance. We, we thought we knew where the money was, right? Yeah, I think after matric, everybody thought that. Mm. Um, and I did my first year of banking finance, and that's where one of the modules that I fell in love with was uh, marketing and um, having to study about consumers, um, their patterns, their behaviors, etc. And I think that's where I started falling in love with um, with marketing, if I may put it like that. But I still continued having to do um, banking. I had to finish because otherwise my mom is going to give me a hiding. Mm -hmm. um, so I finished banking finance and I got into banking, um, started all the way as a teller, as a consultant, you name it. And eventually an opportunity came through within the bank for me to get into marketing. Um, so I did marketing within the bank. Do, uh, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Did, did you seek that out? Uh, what you, in terms of the, the marketing opportunity? So did you did you kind of feel like this is what you wanted to do? So you said, actually, I'm going to apply for this position and then this position. Were, were you strategic about it? Was it luck? I, I was very strategic about it. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, and and luckily for me, I had someone that was a mentor as well, who might always said that I would love to get into marketing, mm. um, but I didn't have the experience um, at the time. So an opportunity came through in the events team, and that's where I started into marketing basically. Um, and at that time, I was already starting marketing. Um, and, and, and that's how I got into marketing um, within the bank, my, in the events team. Okay, so that's the journey, yes. or part of the journey. Correct. We'll get into a lot more of it now. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and you're welcome to, to talk about yourself in the third person. We've had that often. Um, geez, my name is Lesejo. Um, for that matter. Um, can I say my age? You can if you'd like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you don't have to, but you can. Um, my name is Lesejo. Um, basically grew up in, in Soweto, like I guess, uh, most people like me. Um, and yeah. I was going to say. You didn't. What do you mean? <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> okay. Yep. And then you, you're marketing manager for? Yep. Um, Club Med right now, Club Med South Africa. And what does Club Med do? Um, Club Med is a, we're a tour operator that owns, um, 66 resorts around the world. Okay. Um, from ski resorts to sun resorts. So we basically are constantly reminding people to take time out. Okay. Um, and go and enjoy themselves and reconnect, um, with family and with loved ones. Um, whether you want to do a, a sun holiday, you want to do a ski holiday, we are that perfect brand for you to be able to relax 
um, because we take care of everything. We organize everything for you. We organize everything for our clients. So you don't have to think about it. We actually just do it for you. So from um, where do you want to go? Um, we'll organize the flights for you. We'll organize the transfers, um, what you want to eat, etc. So it's all included. Everything mm. is there for you. You just need to contact us. So we're that one-stop shop. For everything. That sounds fantastic. I, I know some people that are a little bit contra- control freaks of, of, of sorts when they go on holiday, but yep. this sounds like my kind of holiday. I think we, we actually, um, for the control freaks as well, I mean, if you've got over six to six resorts around the world, um, that is enough for anyone that is even a control freak. So you've got that choice as well to be able to choose whatever it is that you want to do. So we are talking about you here. So yes. we'll we'll leave Club Med for a moment. Um, we are talking about you and your journey. Yes. Tell us your age, because I think it's significant in the, as part of this conversation. Yep. Um, and then let's talk about the, the the timeline. Let's go through this timeline and let's see how you've moved, how you've been able to move, or, or have made yourself move, which is important mm-hmm. because too many people think it's luck. Um, or only luck. Sometimes yep. it is a little bit of luck. Your age, and let's talk timeline. Um, age, I'm actually turning 34 this month. Okay. Yes. So you're marketing manager yes. of a, a very large organization at 34. Correct. That's significant. I, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I started um, working for Club Med. Um, I was 30, actually, so this year would be my fourth year. Okay. So that's when I got the title of marketing manager for Club Med. So it's been four years um, with Club Med. Okay. Yeah. And let's then let's go back. So you were working in banking. Yes. You you did the rite of passage, the bank the banker's rite of passage, which really is starting at starting where you started, mm-hmm. because you really need to know that yep. that kind of information. Um, and then you moved into the marketing position. I don't think you've you still haven't told me how you did that. Uh, t- talk me through a couple of experiences. So real world experiences. Your manager said said this, and you said no. I'm going to do this. Okay. A little bit of that. And then let's talk about then the transition from banking into travel brands. Yeah. Um, like you say, I, I did do my time um, in banking um, from being a teller to being a consultant, etc. Um, but I always had my eye on the prize in terms of um, I would love to get into marketing, but I was not. Uh, I mean, I, I knew that I needed to have the, the experience, the knowledge, um, and I knew that I had to start from the bottom, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I did. So when I went from uh, being in, at the time, actually just before going into marketing, I was a team leader for sales consultants. Um, and I knew that I, my next step needed to be this. And I was having conversations with my manager at the time to say, in terms of succession plan, this is where I'd like to see myself in, in a marketing position. And it doesn't really matter for me um, where I start, as long as I can get in there. Because I've started this, but I I do know that I need to have the practical experience. So were you realistic about your timeline, though? Uh, I've, I just came from a, a presentation this morning, fascinating presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, it was all around the millennials and how there's a, a difference in thinking, the way that you and I may yeah. think and the way that they think. Uh, and there's sometimes unrealistic or seemingly unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations on timeline and, and, and income and so on. Were you unrealistic? I don't necessarily think so because for me, I mean, it took me, to be quite honest, seven years before I could get into marketing. Okay. Um, and by the time I got into marketing at the time, like I said, I was a team leader for sales consultant. Um, you've got levels in the bank. So I moved literally for the same level. 
um, with the same amount of money. But so you went horizontal I instead did. of vertical. Interesting. Yeah, I did. Um, and that was a conscious decision that I made um, because I knew at the end of the day, all I want is to be able to get my foot in there mm. um, so that I can actually have that marketing experience. And once I have that, then I can literally, therefore, specialize in whatever it is that I wanted to specialize in. But I knew that I had to start right at the bottom. But seven years is... is Really, it seems like that's paying your paying your the due that is required to get into an area that you want to be in. Uh, most definitely, and I do think that the seven years that I did spend in the bank um, before getting into marketing and learning the the operational things um, and, and and of how it actually it works in the bank. So operationally, I learned that I was dealing with customers on a one to one basis. And when you move into the marketing space, um, for me, marketing was never about fluff because I had done my time. I knew operational how things work and I knew consumers as well so it was easier for me to be able to translate what I had done um, in that seven years and put it into a marketing strategy because mm. then it was, I was not talking about things that I'm not aware of or things that I haven't experienced myself as well um, which made it a bit more easier for me to ease into that position. Yeah you could definitely there's a translation that happens or that could occur that probably doesn't happen too often for others that's very nice I like that that insight. Okay so then seven seven years there how did this marketing manager club med thing happen? Geez, I had uh, so I still stay. I stayed in within um, the bank as the the marketing. I, I eventually got the marketing manager position within the bank, and I worked um, on on different portfolios. And I think I had been in the bank for about nine to ten years then, and I was looking for something different. Um, but I always different how different how. So for me, I, I I knew that I wanted to be in marketing. I wanted to be a marketer. The issue that I had with that was that I was boxing myself. All I was doing was just being a marketing person in banking, and in that way, um, I knew that if I wanted to diversify, I needed to do something that was going to be different, even if it meant that it's something that I've never done before. Mm. So I was looking for an opportunity that was. Um, Different, I guess, like I say. Um, and then what happened was that my different, funny enough, was moving from one bank to the other bank. Okay. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if I can mention the banks. Uh, you can if you like. <laughs> so I moved from, um, from Standard Bank. And I, uh, I worked for F&B, of which at the time I thought this is very different because F&B had just um, released that whole Steve uh, marketing campaign. Mm. So it was very different in the way that they did things. Mm. So I was like... I think that's my difference that I'm looking for. Um, and I stayed in, in, in F&B, funny enough, for about 11 months up until I got a call from um, a recruitment agency. And they were like, would you like an opportunity to go into travel? I was like, I have no travel experience. There's nothing quite like the feeling of being headhunted, right? Love it. Tell, tell, yeah, tell us about the ego trip that, that took you on. I mean, I first how started you, And by how going, did you balance it? Honestly, I was like, sorry, are you... Calling me yeah. for this position Have you looked at my CV And like yeah um, We'd really like to ha- actually just meet you Have a chat with you We really think that you'd be awesome for this position That we have in travel um, And I'm not going to lie As soon as I put the phone down I was like wow I must be good <laughs> <laughs> And then you flick your hair back And you put your feet on the desk And your boss walks in and says What the hell are you doing Yeah you know So it, it was quite an experience I'm not going to lie And then I started um, um, shaking and getting a lot nervous now because 
the ego is like, yeah, I know marketing, but I know nothing about travel. Mm. Um, but they must have seen something about this TV and hence why it is that they wanted to see me. So that's how for me that opportunity actually came through. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking for travel at that stage in my life. However, I was looking for something different. It's just funny how when you say something to the universe and it just gives it back to you. So I was looking for something that was different, uh, but I didn't know that different at that time was travel. Um, never even thought about it, mm. um, that it could be something that would be in travel for that matter. Um, so when this came through, I thought to myself, this is that different that I've been looking for. Um, and I started going for those interviews, hectic interviews, I must say. Mm. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that their vetting process is not, uh, nothing to be sneezed at. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk a little bit about your career then. Uh, some, some, Good questions and maybe some difficult questions. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Uh, here's question number one. Yes. What is the biggest business mistake that you've made? And, and don't tell us just the outcome. Give us the story. So what were you doing? What was the project? What was the experience? Would this be in my current position? Um, in your career. Uh, oh, geez. Uh, the biggest mistake that I have ever made business-wise, I have... Made the business lose money before um, when I was still working for um, Standard Bank. And all that it was really, um, I think sometimes what happens is that we get to be so complacent in what we do on a day-to-day basis that you actually forget to check every now and again if there's anything that's new, anything that has changed to your day-to-day job. Um, and the one year I was working on a campaign of which the previous year, it was a successful campaign. So what I did was that I applied the very same principles, changed absolutely nothing, um, and literally took that campaign forward to the next year. Little did I know that there was a change in legislation ah. that I had not acquainted myself with because for me, what worked before surely should work now. Nothing really should change, which was for me one of the biggest mistakes that I made. Um, yes, look into what the success of the campaign was, but there must always be something that is new, someone else that's doing it differently. Or check, for that matter, like me, if there is anything new from a law perspective. And in this case, um, it was just when um, we had just introduced, or rather, the banking system had uh, um, introduced FICA. Mm. And at the time... Which is no small thing. No, (laughs) not at all. Um, And unfortunately, accounts were opened, campaigns were running, and at no point in any of my communication did I mention anything about these FICA documents. Um, In no way did it mention that this is what you actually needed to do. Um, And accounts were opened, things were done already, things were in progression. And then you get that uh, knock on your door um, from the auditors. That was not a nice feeling. How, how did you deal with that? I mean, how did you cope with the backlash? Oh, um, I think initially I was I was in shock. I'm not going to lie, um, but I am one of those people that um, when there is a problem, the first thing that I like to do is. I don't like playing the blame game because at mm. that time it was a case of you did this and you did that, and I said that's fine. Tell me what it is that I can do 
to make this right. Mm. Then we can deal with the fact that I did not actually, you know, look into the legislation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there must be something. Who can do that? Who can assist me? And how long is that going to take? So I'm, I'm, I'm quite fortunate in that, um, I don't dwell necessarily in the, the, the blame game at that moment. Yeah, the you, problem comes through. It sounds like you didn't get too emotional about it. You not became immediately. Yeah, exactly. There was definitely emotion. There were definitely things happening, but it's not on the surface and certainly not in your professional environment. Correct. Um, cause I knew that, um, yes, there's a problem, but it needed to be solved. Um, and indeed it could be solved and there was a dispensation that was given. Um, needless to say that I did get my warning, um, which I had, I learned from that, mm. um, pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I think for me, um, the biggest lesson in that is to, Constantly challenge yourself, even if you've done well on something, um, because things change. Um, new people come into play, new things come into play, um, and you constantly have to be checking yourself. Um, there's probably a hundred thousand other people that want to be marketing managers and doing exactly what it is that I'm doing. Um, and in that case, you have to constantly be um, checking what are you doing, what can you do better, what can you learn from, um, all of this stuff. And and that was for me the biggest, um, I guess, business um, learning. Mm. That I got when I was on the bank. So uh, I guess my only concern hearing what you're saying is that it almost feels like you now have to look over your shoulder because you always are potentially under threat um, or potentially going to your position will be usurped by someone perceived to be better. Uh, what, what, how do you deal with that idea of, of this constant threat? I mean, of course, we, it makes us perform better. It makes us perf- perform at a higher rate, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you, how do you deal with that? I don't necessarily think it's necessarily a, a constant threat mm-hmm. as such. It's just about, I mean, it's, it's like having to look into competition, um, um, all the time, um, so that you can actually learn from that as well. And what it does is it enhances you as a person as well, um, that you get to, to want to, to learn more, uh, you want to get a bit more knowledge um, as well. And the the last thing that I want to be is someone that is complacent. Uh, I'd love to be in a position all the time whereby I'm empowering other people and I'm learning as well. The minute you get to a point whereby you feel like you're being stagnant, um, you have to stop making life decisions. Do you want to move or do you want to do something else that's different? So I want to just change because I mean, time moves so quickly here in the studio. I want to quickly change angle a little bit. You're a young mother. Yes. I understand. Yes. How do you deal with this idea that, you know, perhaps there may be some people, whether they're younger or older, whomever it is that will look at you and say, come on, you're a mother first. Then you're a professional. How do you cope with and deal with that kind of tussle? Because it is, there's a tension there. Um, I guess that you, you'll always have that, but I always say I'm Lissacha first, mother, then professional. Okay. I have to get Lissacha first, um, right first before I can get any of the other titles right. Mm. Um, and it's not, especially when you're a single parent being a professional as well. Um, it, it is a tussle every now and again because um, there isn't a, a formula that one can use and that is quite easy and that works for everyone. Mm. Um, you make it work for you, mm. um, all the time. Um, in terms of time, um, professionally, in terms of time as well as, um, wanting to be a mother, um, as well. And for me, um, a PR agency lady will let you know as well that when it comes to weekends, this is where I say no. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, that's for me dedicated to myself as well as my son. Um, and nothing else has got to do with work because Monday to Friday, I put my all, um, into work and mm-hmm. there has to be a separation of the two because otherwise you just get so overworked and so stressed out. 
Um, so for me, it's, it's finding that, that balance that works for me. And it's not a blanket approach that's going to work for everyone. Um, it's about just finding your truth and what it is that you actually want to do um, and in your time. Can I challenge that a little bit? Of course. May I? Mm. Is, is it not perhaps a little self-centered to say what's me first or find out what my truth is when you have a, a dependent? Or, and I certainly am not trying to make you feel guilty. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand the dynamic. Um, it is self-centered. Um, I'll agree with that. Um, and I say it's because I have to be self-centered. Mm. Um, if I don't look after myself, nobody else will. Mm. And if I don't look after myself, I won't perform better, um, whether it be as a mother or in the profession that I'm going to be in. Sure. So it's important that I look into me first all the time to say, am I okay? Um, what is it that I want to do? Um, and then once I figured that out everything else then starts falling into place. Well, when you're on an airplane and there's an accident or something and they, and they tell you every single time you're on a flight, if, if the oxygen mask falls down, put the mask on yourself first, first so that you can then provide for those around you. Correct. And, and I hear that. Also, Wayne, Wayne Sampson, he's the CEO of Ellie's. And he said to me once that, because uh, I asked him about the regret that he may have had committing so much of his time to, to work. And he said, look, Gareth, uh, there's a lot of things that I regret. Uh, and I do regret not being able to go to fundraisers or go to birthday parties or uh, perhaps see the first horse ride that my daughter did. But I've been able to provide them with a life that they would never have had in any, uh, under any other circumstances, perhaps. And so there, I think we must all, always learn that there's an opportunity cost. There's always something. Something's got to give. Uh, but it depends how we live, I think. It, it truly does. Um, I mean, we, we, I go through those moments whereby you, you're asking yourself, should I do this? Should I not do this? Um, and if you had to ask as well, if there was anything that I, I regret, um, to date, it's sometimes not taking in that time to be selfish. Mm. Um, that's one of those things. And, and secondly, I think, um, as I uh, alluded to earlier on, when you are a single parent and you're at work and your boy is playing soccer, you're not always there to actually see him. Mm. So you, you, you try and make up for all those times. But I think more than anything else, I have a conversation with my son um, that I'm available this time and because I'm not available next week this is what we're going to do together so I'm trying to always make sure that I've got that time with him um, and when I'm not going to be able to do something with him that I have that conversation with him so that he doesn't feel like mom is just abandoning me mm. yeah uh, well, I think Wayne went on, to, went on to say that it's about the quality of the time but quality does not mean how much you can buy for them it means the the actual connection that you're developing so if you if you can connect over a video game or you can connect horse riding well then do that yeah uh, it's such an interesting conversation to be having um i want to ask just one last question because we are very very close to time sure. here um and it's it's all the cliched questions which is you're an an african woman yes do you feel like that ha it's you that have got the position or do you feel like it's a little bit of this other stuff in the background that we are, are continuing to hear and how do you deal with the idea that there are be requirements and things like that it's it's an important question to be able to ask and i know Hluby, if she was here she'd she'd appreciate this kind of question because self-worth uh, uh, we have to identify our point of self-worth, and if we're undermined all the time by yeah. these other things, we, we can't really find that. 
Um, I think for me, because I, at the time when I got the position, I knew my worth. Mm. I knew that I had done the groundwork. Mm. Um, and, and, and I love that. Yeah. Ten, 10 years in banking means that you've done the groundwork. So th- you, you've got real substance that you can lean on there. Correct. So I, I did the groundwork. Um, I, I had studied as well. Um, so I knew my worth at the time. And um, the position when I went for it um, was if I can remember, there was a nothing there where, which mentioned um, whether they wanted an African female, mm. male, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And I still went for the position. Um, and you need to remember that at the time I had a job already, so I had nothing to lose, um, but a different experience that I could gain. So for me, it was important that I showcase the fact that I've got the experience, mm. I've done my time, and I can actually make a difference in the space, um, in the travel industry as well. And I find that that's where I'm at right now and I'm making that difference. I love that your confidence is rooted in, and you, we've mentioned time, but real hard work and grind. Uh, it, it's, it's very easy to be able to, and you can see it in someone's eyes when, when there's this really, I don't know, it's, maybe it's a terrible word, but there's this flaccid career that yeah. they have, that they've done and they say that they've put the time in, but they really haven't. They know they haven't, but yet there's this uh, bit, of, bit of arrogance about them. I, there's not, none of that with you. Thank you for Thank being you. here with us. Before we go, yes. I want you to talk to the 20-year-old you at the very beginning or the 23-year-old you at the very beginning of your career. Give her one piece of advice. Jeez, my 22-year-old self. Um, never box yourself. Um, know that when it comes to finding your passion and your interest, that it's never just one thing. You can actually love and be passionate about more than one thing. Mm, um, nice. And experience is always the best teacher. Lesejo, it's been great to have you on Future CEOs. We so appreciate you. That's Lesejo Matabane, Marketing Manager at Club Med SA. We hope you have listened very carefully and heard the lessons. And if you uh, think you've missed something, listen again. Go down the, download the podcast at cliffcentral.com and you'll be able to hear the lesson over and over and also the lessons evolve through these conversations. It's been great to be with you. My name is Gareth Armstrong. Uh, we will be with you same time, same place next week. Future CEO on cliffcentral.com cliffcentral.com